Mike check one two one three. Mike check one two one three. This is your host David Carmichael the second, and this is episode thirty eight of the Caption of World podcast. Coming up in three, two, one. Capturing the world. Yo, 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 what's going on, y'all? This is David Carmichael with a second, and this is the Capture World Podcast, episode 38. And um, I'm glad to have y'all back again. Um, I just want to give a shout out to all of our Spotify listeners, all of our Apple Podcast listeners. Um, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend, and I pray y'all have a safe Memorial Day weekend. And uh, make sure y'all still practicing social dis- distancing, and make sure you're still being safe, and, you know, no matter where you go this weekend. Um, and I have another good special guest today, man. Um, he goes by the name of Bernard Gleeton, or is it Glinton? No, you, you had it right, Gleeton. Okay, okay, Bernard Gleeton. Um, he is um, he is he goes by the name of Bernard Gleeton. He has a tech business called Netware Technical Solutions LLC and a media company called All To It Media LLC. Yep, that's it. Excellent, excellent, man. So, how you doing today? Man, you know, it's just another beautiful day to be alive chasing after your dreams and everything else like that. No doubt, man. No doubt. Like I said, I'm glad to have you out here, man. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and get on to it, man. Um, so you say you was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um, how is it growing up in Detroit, man? How is Detroit as a city? Because it seems like to me, man, it's like a lot of – it's always been like a lot of negativity about Detroit as far as, you know, I guess the um, when the recession happened a long time ago – you know, they said that it kind of um, hurt Detroit a lot. And um, a lot of, it seemed like a lot, a lot of um, negative things said about Detroit. But I had a friend that actually visited Detroit plenty of times. And she said it was a real beautiful city, man. You know, it's one of those things where you got to see it for yourself to, to see, to appreciate how great of a city it is. So that's explained to me, you know, how is Detroit? How was, you know, how was it getting, you know, raised in Detroit? How is it? And first, let me let me first say that the media kind of kind of did put a bad spin on on Detroit. Uh, yeah, you know Detroit has its bad moments, but you know we're just like any other city. You know what I mean? I've met with people who are from outside of of just visiting Michigan, visiting Detroit, and they have this misconception that. Everywhere you go in Detroit, it's going to be crime and murder and this man third. And, right, right. You know, that, and that's what I mean by Detroit. It's just like any other city, you know. There's, you know, there's certain times and places that you would go in the city, and there's certain times and places where it's probably best that you don't go unless you are from there, you know what I mean? Uh, but as far as the recession and everything, man, you know, Detroit has always been one of those cities that's just a blue collar city we're going to make it one way or another we'll make some stuff up 
Detroit is a beautiful city. I love it. You know, I try to rep it to the fullest. And just just about everywhere I go, man, you know, it's just a beautiful city. We got amazing things going on right now. Our downtown is beautiful. Some of the cities on the outside, on the outskirts of Detroit, is beautiful. It's very, very vibrant. And I would dare say that there is somewhat a uh, black renaissance that's going on inside the city of Detroit right now. Where a lot of the prominent businesses uh, with storefronts and things of that nature is really jumping off. And it's just beautiful to see that, man. Especially coming from an era where I was never born in this era, but I've always read books and I've always heard stories from my parents, my grandparents about Black Bottom and Paradise Valley and, and things of that nature, man. No doubt, man. That's what's up, bro. Um, Yeah, like, you know, I know a little bit about Detroit as far as, you know, um, you know, what came from y'all city. And, you know, I know it's, it's home to, you know, Motown Records, um, home of, you know, the first, I guess, vehicle on um, Ford, you know, and um, shoot, home of one of the greatest rappers, Eminem, and you got Big Sean, and, you know, home of the, one of the greatest running backs in the NFL that played for the Detroit Lions, Barry Sanders. And then, you know, another great wide receiver that played in the NFL, Calvin Johnson. And I'm pretty sure it's a lot a lot of, you know, other history that I don't even know about, man. And, um, yeah, it's kind of one of those forgotten, I won't say a forgotten city, but one of those cities that a lot of people don't really talk about when it comes to history if they really don't know that much about it. You know, they kind of bring up, like, you know, New York, Chicago, L.A., those type of cities that, that have a lot of history in, in regards to different things. Um, but yeah, I can definitely can agree with you, man. You know, Detroit is a um, definitely a blue collar city, and it's a lot of great things that come out of that city, man. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, I know you talked about, you know, you were telling me you played football in your past. Um, so how was it playing high school football, and um, how was that in Detroit? Like, in what position did you play? Yeah, so I used to play quarterback and wide receiver. Um, uh, somewhat of an unknown fact uh, to your listeners is that I have an identical twin brother. So, of course, I always right. have somebody to, to play ball with. Uh-huh. You know, throwing football to him and, and everything like that. <laughs> and it was pretty cool playing football with a... Well, it was always pretty cool for me to play football with my twin brother because, uh, especially when I play quarterback... I always knew who my go-to guy was. I knew he was going to get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, one, one of the things I've learned from just playing football and, and kind of taking it to another level and, and things like nature is that, you know, you might be good in your, let's say, your neighborhood, you know, and that's cool. As soon as you step outside your neighborhood, the pool of talent and 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 competitiveness, athleticism, it, it tends to get bigger. And mm-hmm. then as soon as you get outside your neighborhood, now you into the city and the pool gets bigger. And then you go to the state and then the pool gets bigger. And then you, you know, so the pool just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I say that they are a lot of talented athletes in the city it, it, it really really is a lot of talented athletes and the area that i was coming up in it was a 
of course, we all knew each other because we often played with each other or against each other, so we always knew each other. So it always was a competitive nature around when I was playing, and that was one of the things that I loved. And, oh, yeah, another little unknown fact is that as an identical twin, you're naturally competitive. So I was always naturally competing against my brother when it comes to athletics, uh-huh. you know, who could run faster, who could jump higher, who could, you know, who could make the, the most unbelievable catch or whatever, you know, and that helped me to be a, the person that I am today. You know what I mean? No doubt, man. I mean, definitely I can kind of relate to that. I don't have a twin, but I do have two, two younger brothers and, um, you know, just growing up with them, you know, playing basketball, football with them, not like not playing actual organized football, but like, you know, in the yard, stuff like that. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, but it's having somebody to look up to me and that's having that brotherhood, you know, that help, you know, help each other grow, help all of us grow. And, um, you know, that can be an amazing thing, man, you know, having that competitive um, rivalry and, you know, all it does this helps you to be a better and better at what you do. Um so, yeah, yeah, they say iron sharpens iron. <laughs> right. That's literally all we did, you know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, you say, say you played football in high school and you said you ended up going to Delaware State. Um, was that the school? Like, did you have any other offers or, or did you go on a scholarship? Like, how did that come about? So the truth behind that was that I probably didn't do what I was supposed to do when it came to reaching out to coaches and, and things of that nature. You know what I mean? In high school, I was a I was a pretty damn good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was always in the newspaper, was was breaking some records and, and, and things of that nature. And even in high school, I ran track, and track definitely helped me with my football skills. It helped me to it taught me how to run. I already knew how to run, but it taught me how to run correct. And it, of course, improved on my speed. And I ended up being a state champion uh, in a hurdles for one year, my senior year. But every year I was always in a race. And I actually broke the record for the hurdles for my division. And, you know, again, I'm thinking if I, if I do all this stuff, Coaches is going to see me, they're going to know about me, and going to come check me out. And while that's partially true, I still needed to do the legwork to go out and seek out coaches to, you know, try to get on and play for their team, for the school, and things like that. And yeah, like I said, I sort of failed when it came to that. So Delaware State came by a family friend who knew somebody who worked at Delaware State. And they kind of looked out for me, and and my brother and I we went to Delaware State, so we we stayed there for about a year and a half, and kind of came home because of financial aid and all that type of stuff, you know. But one of the things I've learned while I was out there was that John Taylor, the great John Taylor, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers uh-huh. in the era of Joe Montana and Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Craig Rotherman, was a uh, graduate of Delaware State. Blew my mind when I walked through the halls and I seen his name and his picture. And when I started talking to people about him, 
you know, people my age, they of course didn't really know who he was, which kind of sucked. But I was like, just this whole amazement that, you know, he went to Delaware State. It was it was awesome. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I know. Um, I want to say is Delaware State a HBCU or? or it is. Okay, 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 cool. Because I was about to get it confused with, because I guess it's regular Delaware, and then you, yeah. got, then you got Delaware State. Okay. There's, there's, uh, yeah, there's University of Delaware, and then there's Delaware State. I think there's a, I want to say it might be a Delaware Tech, and, and of course, you know, University of Maryland, and Maryland University, and all that type of stuff. And Delaware State, or the University of Delaware started jumping on people's radars maybe, I don't know, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Um, you know, what was they on people's radars for? I want to say it was for football, maybe. Uh-huh. I had a good football team one year, and that's, that's when they kind of jumped on people's radars. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So, um... You said, you know, you was there for about a year and a half and you came back home due to, you know, financial aid um, difficulties. Um, but during that time, uh, I know you um, you also stated that you played in the CFL. Um, but, you know, what what were you doing back at home and what led up to you actually playing in the CFL? <laughs> now, let me tell you, this was the uh, what I like to call my 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 Genesis moment. And I know we're going, we're going to get into that a little later. Yeah. But let me, let me explain to you what, what, what a Genesis moment is. A Genesis moment is seeing a fork in your road and you see in both roads and you see in your life and what it could be if you take either path. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a good path or it's a bad path. It just means that you have two choices and each one can lead to a certain type of life. So, me leaving Delaware State because of financial aid and, and not sleeping correctly or just not doing it, whatever, it, it led me to me coming back home. And, I, of course, I started doing what any 19-year-old, 19, 19 20-year-old would do when he's back at home. I, I got to look for a job. So I got me a job, started working at, at a piece of joint. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just kept having this overwhelming feeling that I'm supposed to be doing something else. I'm not supposed to be here. So, of course, that led me to another job and another job and another job. And for that particular time period, I ended up being at a barbecue joint here on the west side of Detroit. So, again, I'm, I'm there. I'm feeling like. I'm not supposed to be here. There's something bigger or better I'm supposed to be doing. I just don't know what it is. And it was around this time of the year, and I'm at a buddy's house, and we were watching TV. And I remember it just like it was yesterday, man, because I was telling him that, again, I, something's up, man. I don't know what it is. I have this, this feeling that I'm supposed to be doing something, but I don't know what it is. I'm just spilling my guts to him, and we're watching TV, and he just started taking a channel and he came across a football game and I, I stopped him. I said, Oh, well, hold up. What's going on? <laughs> like, this is a football game. The NFL season hasn't started and they are in full pass. They are really rocking. So 
I was just confused as to what was going on. And I started looking at it a little closer and realized this is not the NFL team. I don't know what this is. With much more study, I found out that it was the CFL, the Canadian football, which is pretty much the same as NFL, just in Canada, and with some slightly different rules. Uh-huh. But it's this one of the rules is that you always have to have somebody going towards a line of scrimmage before you can actually call the play or, or make the play happen, right? Um, the field is a tad bit bigger, a tad bit wider, whereas, um, you know, the, the football field is 100 feet out, so 100 yards. And I believe it's about 75 yards sideline to sideline. Where there, it was 100 yards, but sideline to sideline, it was like, like a 125 100, something like that. Oh, wow. And you had a little <laughs> bit more room. Yeah. You know? And uh, so once I realized it was the CFL, I said to myself, you know what? I think this is what I'm going to be doing. So what I ended up doing was looking out for it, you know, say I'm going to do this. And I went and told my family. And by now, this is about Thanksgiving. So told my family at Thanksgiving, at the Thanksgiving table, that I'm going to go and try out for the CFL. Now, mind you, I'm about four years removed from high school, never played college ball, and my family, hearing that, said, the hell is wrong with you? No. <laughs> right. No. Just just stay at your job. You have a pretty good job. You know, you, you're making some money. Just stay there. You know, and I'm not going to lie, hearing that from my family, it hurt me to the core. But because of the type of person I am, I said, okay, that's cool. I'm not asking for you guys to uh, put money in my hand, go try it out or anything like that. I was just looking for some support, uh, that a boy or something. But I didn't get that from So I said, okay, no worries. It's all good. And I went and I did it anyway. And so, of course, again, like I mentioned, four years removed from high school. You know, my 40 time in, in high school was about four or five. You know, I was about 205, 210, which is a good weight, you know, a good, decent weight. But now I'm not lifting as much. I'm not running as much. You know, my, my eating regimen is not there like it used to be. So I've lost a lot of weight. Not a lot of weight, but I've lost some pounds. I've lost some muscles, you know, I've lost some speed. And I just kept thinking, it doesn't matter. We're going to do this anyway. So I was dead set on going and trying out for the CFL. And I want to say it was the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders that I tried out for. So about three weeks leading up to leaving to go to Dallas, Texas to try out. I had this plan of taking my, my older brother because I have a nephew down in, in, in Texas in the Dallas area. I was bringing my older brother along so that he could sort of drive me around because, again, he knew the area. It will be only right for him to go with me. So I paid for his ticket, paid for my way, and tryouts was going to cost some money as well. So three weeks leading up to going to Texas, I'm at work at the barbecue joint. And... I go to take out some trash. It's about about one o'clock, twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. 
I'm walking out to the into the uh into the parking lot where the dumpster is, and I see two sets of legs walking down the street. And it looked like they was coming towards us. And I was thinking, like, man, you know, why is it coming this way when they know that we're clothed? Well, I guess they figure it out one way or another. So they came into the parking lot and saw me and had their mask on. And mm. this is about, you know, it, it, it wasn't like it was cold outside. They just had a mask on. When I seen the mask, they walked up on me. I kind of had this feeling like, yeah, something about to happen. So the guy that walked up on me pulled out a shotgun from his sleeve and pointed at me. Oh, boy. At that point, I said, fuck, okay. It is what it is, right? And put my hands up. He said, go ahead, get in there. I said, okay. So I turned around. Started making my way to the uh, to the door, and I got inside the door. It was my manager who was at my twelve o'clock. It was a new person, a new girl who just started maybe a day or two before. She was at my two o'clock, and it was somebody at my nine o'clock. And as soon as I walked through the door, because I'm a tall guy, I'm about six four, six five. The guys who was robbing us was short so when i walked through the door my man just saw me and the girl that was at my two o'clock three o'clock she saw the guy behind me so of course she she's crouching down and all she just started screaming oh my god oh my god oh my god so i'm looking at my manager my manager's looking at me he, he's kind of baffled he kind of knows what's going on but he don't so we sort of dancing as i'm walking towards him and then as soon as he saw the guys behind me with the guns, he bolted for the front door. Wow. And when he ran for the front door, I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I turned, and as I turned to begin to run, the other guy had his gun in my face. And I said, oh, okay, I guess I can't run. So I got down on the floor, put my face to the ground, and as my manager was running towards the front door, because this is not a big place, as my manager started running towards the front door, I hear the guy yelling, you know, shoot the kill, shoot the kill. So of course I'm thinking like, wow, oh, man, this is this is it. This is how I'm about to go out. All right, cool. It is what it is, I guess, right? So I guess the guy never caught my manager. So he came back. And next thing I know, the guy tried to lock me out by taking the butt of the gun and hit me upside my head. And then both of them left. So they attempted to rob us. So after he hit me upside my head, I had my eyes wide open. And after a few minutes, they didn't hear nobody. I didn't hear them. Everybody started getting up and trying to figure out what to do next. I'm still on the floor. I'm thinking, like, okay. I don't know what just happened. He shoot me. Okay, well, let me check if I can move my arm or something. So I started moving my arm, started moving my legs, started moving my fingers. So, okay, all right, I'm, I'm still here. I'm good. So I got up, brushed it off, see my manager running across the, uh, the front window. So I ran up front to go unlock it, let him in, or, or just to let him in. He came in, and that's how they attempted to rob us. 
and again, this is three weeks before leaving to go to Texas. Right. So now, of course, my family is like, no, nah, no, nah, Bernard, you shouldn't go. You shouldn't go at all. I said, hmm, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, I might not go this time. I might not go now. Yeah. The following week, I had a cousin of mine. She passed away. So now I'm thinking like, man, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff popping off right now. Yeah, you know one thing I mean? after another, right? I get robbed. Yeah, I, I get, I get, I, I almost got robbed last week. This week my cousin dies. Oh, maybe I should go. Maybe I should go. And that's where I was in my mind. And then the week of me leaving, I'm at a, uh, I'm at a dollar store. And the dollar store ended up getting robbed. Come on, man. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's crazy, but I swear I cannot make this up. It's crazy, man. I'm I'm, I'm in the aisle and I'm there just to get some rubber bands, right? So I'm, I'm looking at I got two bags of rubber bands in my hand and I'm towards the back. And I don't know exactly what was said, but I know just, just by the tone of voice, oh man, something's popping off. I'm I'm looking down at these bags and I'm seeing people rushing to the back. Out the corner of my eye, I turn my head, I see people running, I hear that voice, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I put the bags in my in my pockets and I ran out the back door myself. And this lady was in front of me, she slipped and fell. And I'm thinking, oh now I need to help her up. And then the guy said something else that, that made me realize, oh, this is serious business. And at that point, I just forgot about the lady. I kind of jumped over her like she was a hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I feel bad about that now. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I ran out the back door, ran out the emergency exit, and there was a CVS literally like right behind it. So I get to the main street, and I'm zigzagging. I get inside the CVS. I'm trying to explain to the security guard that there's a robbery going on. So they called the police. They came down. And, you know, I went again. I didn't see anything. I just heard and just seeing people rushing to the back. So I'm not going to be a good eyewitness to anybody because I didn't see anything. I just heard a voice. Don't even remember what the guy said. Right. So I went back to go pick up my car, went back to drop off these uh, uh, rubber bands, my grandparents. And I told them what happened. <laughs> and it's like, oh, OK, wow. So did you get the rubber bands? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, man, I, I got it here. So I gave it to him, right? And, and then I realized I ended up stealing these rubber bands. You know what I mean? And of course, that's not my intention. I wasn't trying to do none of that. But in the heat of the moment, it was it was time for me to get up out of here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so of course, now my family is like, Nah, nah, for real, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go, or anything like that, right? So I'm like, nah, at this point, you know, so much is is jumping off, I need to go. You know what I mean? At this point, you know, I could have died twice already. You know what I'm saying? If I don't leave, man, ain't no telling what's going to happen. I might just end up, you know, something might just happen, I might just end up checking out Right. Right. So right. I decided to go anyway. So uh, the day of me leaving, 
I remember going to see by my cousin's body, the viewing of my cousin's body. And I went up in there with my suitcases and then said, Shirley Bernard, you, you still, you, you're not going to go, right? I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. So they refused to let me leave until I told them that I wasn't going to go. I said, I'm not going to go. So of course, while they was sort of, you know, down and out, weeping and everything, I snuck out the door and I went off to the airport and I went down to Texas, my brother and I. So we get down to Texas. It's, it's a long story. I, I apologize. Oh no, it's, it's all good, <laughs> man. Take your time, man. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, I don't want to say it's amazing that that stuff happened, but, you know, that's part of everybody's story, man. So just take your time, yeah. man. Definitely definitely, people probably need to hear this. You know, anybody can benefit from this, yeah. man. And, and, and like I said, this was a Genesis moment for me. Right. So uh, I finally get down to Texas, and I, I, I planned everything out. I had the money put to the side for trying now, you know, for my brother and I to eat, and um, – you know, everything was looking good till, I don't know, maybe the day, the night of tryouts. I realized I didn't have enough money to try out. Mm. So now I'm I'm down and out. I'm I'm literally in tears because I'm I'm like, man, you know, all of this is nothing. What I'm gonna do? And you know, <laughs> God told me, yo, you should call your uncle. So I called my uncle and I was telling him, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm down here, you know, trying out for the CFL, but I don't have any money, you know, uh, somewhere I miscounted or, or something. I don't know. Or, uh, I'm about to come back home. And my aunt said, nah, nah, nephew, you, you always... A lot of people in our family talk about how they could have went pro, and you're the only one who actually attempted to go pro. So I'm going to send you this money. And again, I'm <laughs> where am I? I was in some some store similar to Myers or or Walmart, mm-hmm. right? And I'm on a pay phone, and I just broke down crying. You know, I said thank you, uh, thank you. And he Western Union me the money and gave me. Some extra money just because that that night I was just I was just refocused so I tried to get some sleep that night and I could not sleep at all I was just too excited and I'm talking about like one two o'clock in the morning I'm supposed to be at tryouts at like seven in the morning I just can't sleep I'm too excited is I don't know what's going to happen all I can think about is what could happen, the possibilities of it, you know, everything I just went through. I'm just like, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but I, I need to get some sleep. I can't sleep, man, you know. So I ended up calling my father, and I'm talking to my father, and my father said, you know, so you already know what you need to do. All you got to do is just get out there and do it. So, okay, Bob. So I was able to get maybe a few hours of sleep there. So I got up, went and got me uh, just a, a light breakfast, and I went to the tryouts. I did tryouts. I was originally going to try out for quarterback and receiver, but by the time I got down there, 
the 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 line was so deep for wide receivers, you know, it was just one other guy there trying out for quarterback. And say, all right, well, we're going to try you out at quarterback. And then if we get some time, we want to see you at receiver. I said, okay, cool, no problem. So the first half of, of tryouts was field work, you know. Um, I had to, they had to tie me in my 40. Um, it's another drill called a, a three-cone drill where you start at one cone and you run to, or you start in the middle of a cone. And you choose whatever side you want to go. You run to the right, and then you run to the far left, and then you stop when you come back into the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did horrible. <laughs> I did horrible on both of them, you know. Uh, and again, you know, my my 40 time in high school was about 4-5, a 4-4 on a good day, you know. Man, they clocked me at a 4-7, mm. you know. And that's that's not bad, but you know when you used to being one of the fastest guys on the field, you know the, the coming back with a four seven, it's like you know it, it hurts my heart a little bit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I said, okay, you know what, it's all good. That was just the first half because I, I feel like I, I kind of sucked on the first half. I really need to kill it on the second half. Second half was when we really was going to get into like football drills, you know throwing and catching and, and all that type of stuff you know <laughs> so we uh so the second half come or we had a little break go grab us a little bite to eat come back and my mind just kept thinking okay we really need to stand out now this is where we need to shine we ain't do good the first half so we really need to kill the second half so uh, this is really a, a longer story. I really intended it to be, but it's it's all good. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good, dog. It's all good, man. It's very interesting, for real. I'm I'm, I'm in tune. Like I'm trying to see what's gonna happen next, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, second half of the day, we we out here. Uh, the coaches walk up, have some have some plays, and said, "Okay, this is what's going to happen." Quarterbacks. You call the plays for the receivers. You turn around after you, you know, make the plays to the receivers. You turn around and you throw it to the running back, right? So it was the quarterbacks, man, was the receivers, and whoever was trying out to be a D back or a corner, you know. And then we turn around and we throw it to the running backs. And the running backs is going against the linebackers, right? So I said, okay, cool. So. You know, they, they wasn't kidding when, when the line was, was really deep of people trying out for receivers and, and, and D-backs, man. It was super deep, you know. So I could see why it was probably better for me to try out for quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, the coach handed us these plays and told us, okay, call these plays. It's just routes that we wanted the receivers to run. So, you know, the, the other quarterback, he went – and then I went, and then we turned around. We did the same thing to the running backs. So when it was time for me to, to go, I looked at the cornerback, and I was just staring him down for a few moments, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do, what I wanted my receiver to do. And I was telling him, like, Francis, and this, this is where it could get really technical. This is where I could get really technical with football. So... <laughs> There's a uh, a dig route or an in route, which is 
generally anywhere between five to ten yards downfield, and then you break to the inside, right? And then there's an out route, which is again anywhere from five to ten yards down, and then you run towards the sideline. And then the go route is when you just run straight up the field, and a post route is when you run about five to ten yards upfield, and then you kind of break off to a slant. And then, of course, there's the slant, you know, typically mm-hmm. about three to five yards, and then you slant inward. Yeah. So, um, again, I'm staring down the uh, the D-back, and I'm figuring out, I'm trying to figure out where is his weaknesses. Where can I have him look bad to make my guy look good, right? And I knew it was after, after a few moments of staring down all of the D-backs, I knew exactly what I wanted them to do. And I'm telling my receiver, okay, I'm going to have you do an in route. But I want you to give him a hard fake out so that you can have some, you know, just so you could get some some separation to break in. The guys did that. It was awesome. There was amazing guys. And that's what I mean by, by you know, as soon as you get outside your, in your neighborhood, you might be the man. As soon as you get outside your neighborhood, you might not be the man because the competition is, is bigger and stronger, right? Right. And outside the state, you know, outside the city, outside the state, and so forth and so forth. And that's where I really realized that the pool just get bigger and bigger and bigger when it comes to just how athletic and athletically skilled there are of people out here. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm calling it like Jesus. And every throw was just on point, man. And you know, I feel like I really redeemed myself the second half of the day just by my performance. So everybody, so the coaches called everybody up and kind of broke us out of there and said, all right, if we, we got film on you, if we like you, we're going to give you a call by this date, you know, and, you know, we're going to check you out, see what happens. You know, good luck to everybody. So after the coaches kind of broke us apart, you know, all of the receivers I was throwing to and, and the running backs and everything, they ran up to me like, yo, man, where'd you play ball at? What school did you go to? You know what I mean? I was like, hey, man, the last time I actually played ball was high school. It was like, what? <laughs> no, man, you yo, you, you going to be on. Yo, they called me. They called me. I was like, oh, man, you know, thanks. That's, that's a lot of love right here. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I get back home. My family is completely upset with me that I left. Mm-hmm. I told my uncle, my uncle who who gave me the money to, to do the tryouts, he was so elated about what happened and, and my, my older brother being there and my older brother being able to see some of the stuff that I've seen, but not able to exactly comprehend everything that was going on or whatnot, you know, yeah. and... He, he, he's the only person, one of the only people who is elated. So in this time where my family did not want me to go, there was only maybe four to five people who really supported me. And of course, one of them was my identical twin brother. And of course, my older brother, but three of my, two of my best friends, you know, they always stood beside me and said, all right, if this is what you want to do, let's get after it. And, uh, and our motto was, if you, if one of us make it, we all make it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it was trying to push me so hard to 
go down here and try out. And I literally had maybe like a few months to, to train as hard as I could to try to be as prepared as I could. But with all the running that I used to do, because my the barbecue joint was a few miles away from my house, I used to run a few miles from home to work, from work back home. There was times where I was running with, with a track team to try to get my speed back down. Uh, you know, some of my homeboys that I used to play ball with is in the league now. Mm-hmm. You know, when they came back, they offered the time to, to sort of help me train a little bit, you know. And by, by now, I'm just waiting to see if I'm going to get that call. So the deadline came and passed. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay, I guess I ain't get on. That's cool. But again, it, it was a life-changing moment. You know, I came back with the feeling that I could do whatever the hell I wanted to do, whatever the hell I put my mind to, I could do it. And I got the confidence to to go after things now, right? Yeah. And maybe a week later, after the deadline, they gave me a call. <laughs> I'm, I'm in wow. bed, half sleep. By now, I quit the, the barbecue job you know, the barbecue joint job, just in between jobs. And they called me a week later. I'm in bed. It's about, I don't know, about seven o'clock in the morning. Looked at the phone. Don't know who's calling. Something told, God told me to answer the phone. So I answered the phone. And, you know, I'm, I'm still half sleep. So uh, the coach is like, uh, hey, is this Bernard? Yes, sir, it is. Hey, this is Coach So and So from you know the Saskatchewan Rough Rider. I instantly perked up. Whoa, really? Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, Coach. <laughs> right, right, yeah. What's going on? You know, so he uh, he gave me another opportunity to to play football again, and I, I played in Saskatchewan for maybe about a year. And again, you know, when, when people hear that I used to play pro, they used to think that, you know, my name was in lights and all that type of stuff. And that's <laughs> that's far from the truth. I was pretty much just on the practice squad. I was just happy to be there. Just just from, you know, everything that, that happened that led up to me being there, you know, for me just to be on the practice squad and just make, you know, in American money, you know, about 30, 35 grand a year. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was cool. Right. You know? So that was my Genesis moment. Man, that's awesome, bro. Like, even with, you know, sometimes, because, you know, another person might have thought of that as a failure as far as, you know, they might have made a team and, you know, they probably, you know, they didn't get you no. Know, didn't you know play a lot like they might have thought they would and they might have looked at it as a failure but you know someone like you man you're looking at every opportunity and every thing that you do as a blessing you know what i'm saying and that's how we gotta look at everything you know it's like that's just that's an experience within itself you know that's a moment of a lifetime you gotta appreciate every experience that you have and that makes you a better person man so and at the same time you know when you was talking about how your parents um, didn't really want you to leave, you know, even after all that happened to you during that time leading up to you 
leaving to go to the tryouts. You know, it's like even it seems like even sometimes your family, some of your family, some of your friends might not see the vision that you have. Like it's just some people just not going to see it. It's, it's not going to register with them like this is the opportunity that this person should take. You know, only you can see that, you know, and only you can make that happen. So overall, man, that's just an awesome experience for you to just try to follow your dreams and just you know, do what you want to do. Cause at the end of the day, you know, people are going to give you advice and in certain points you want to listen to some advice, but at the same time, you got to make your own decisions and follow your own path, man. So I know that's a thing that everybody can kind of relate to. And if somebody might be stuck on what they want to do, or they might be kind of, um, you know, thinking about what, what others might think, you know, sometimes you can't think about that. Sometimes you just got to follow what you want to do and go ahead and do it, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, bro, like that's that's awesome, bro. That's real awesome. Yeah, you know, the, the way I, I explain it to people is like this. Again, you know, I, I, I have to give credit where credit is due it. And by no means that I picture all of this, you know, it was all but guy who, who, who <laughs> gave me the desire. Everything else was on me. You know, Amen. And right. I say that because, you know, God, we all have a purpose. God placed us to have a purpose somewhere in us, right? Mm-hmm. If you've been praying for, let's say, money or just, just you know, finding your purpose or whatever, right? We'll, we'll, we'll just, for, for, for easy sakes, let's just say money. Right. Let's say you, you just want to do something where you can get money and, and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. God gave you the idea, gave you a idea to make money. You have two choices. Again, this is your Genesis moment. Are you going to go with this idea or you're not going to go with this idea? And a lot of times I think, you know, if I don't do this, if I was to die today and go meet my maker, and have a one-on-one conversation with my maker, what is my maker going to say? You know what I mean? If I didn't take that that idea and run with it, is God going to show me what I could have had? You know what I'm saying? And what I could have had, would I be so upset that I didn't do it? You know what I mean? Right. So you you literally have that choice, man. Like, yeah, you, you have that choice where you can do it or not do it. Well, this is something that God had put into it. Don't go chase after it with all your might. He's more than likely going to be upset. You know? And then what type of conversation would you and your maker have at that point? You know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes we can't even see. Like, some people, you know, we might pray for things. And, you know, sometimes we don't even see the signs. And we keep praying about it. And then God probably up there like looking at us like, look, man, I'm giving you the signs. You're just not seeing it. You know, sometimes yeah. we just have to really be in the right mind space to really see the signs in front of us and really know what we should do. You know, because sometimes we kind of, you know, trying, you know, praying to God, you know, we think it's just talking to a regular person. Like he's just going to come down and tell you exactly what to do. But it doesn't work like that. You just you really have to just see the signs and really be in the right mind frame to see and to hear what he's trying to tell you and what to do, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, bro, like, that's awesome, man. Um, 
I, I, I could I could kind of break off and, and jump super deep into it, but I, I'll say this: I'm, I'm not saying that you you have to have some type of you have to be religious or or anything like that. You know, I I can't say that I'm religious. However, I do believe that there is a God, and I do pray to God. I have a relationship with God. With me having that relationship with God, I. I tend to be more sensitive because I know that he's speaking to me everywhere. It's just a matter of sort of tuning my radio to the right station, to the right channel, to be able to get the signal that he's trying to send to me. No you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had moments where I'm, I'm dead asleep and out of nowhere, I get the idea of, or I get some type of roadmap of, how to put something together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't know if this is the right time, but that's, that's somewhat how how the idea of, of my podcast came along, man. Right. You know? And what, um, what is the name of your podcast? Is, is it called... Um, I know I had looked it up, man. I was looking at your profile. Um, what is the name of it again? It's called The Genesis Project podcast right right school of hard knocks okay yeah that's exactly what i saw yeah okay yeah that's what's up man so um well we will get into that in a few minutes man um but yeah um but yeah that just that was an awesome story man i know you know you had a lot of things all of these things kind of led up you know to you um have your own business um the network tech solutions and then the media company man so um, after you, you know, came back from the uh, CFL, um, I know you started studying um, IT, and then you know eventually, you know, you you had your companies started after that. So, like, how did you um, initially, you know, got into doing IT? So, after coming back from the CFL, I started playing some semi-pro with my intentions of trying out for arena football. And then out of nowhere, arena football, you know, started going downhill. And, you know, I was in Ohio playing the game, playing the night game, and I tore my ACL, running around. The ball fell right in front of me in the end zone. It just would have been awesome if I had made the catch in the end zone and hurt myself, but no, nah, that's, that's not the way it happened. Yeah. So... So I'm now I'm back home and again it's it's I gotta start over again, you know. But now it's what am I gonna do? You know, I would love to keep playing football, but you know, with me having this injury, I have to go get surgery, I have to get strong again and I just didn't have the capabilities of making that happen. So I started thinking, man, what can I do now? And I came across these little newspapers, like career newspapers and everything like that. And IT was in the back. It was an ad saying, hey, uh, learn IT or whatever else like that. Mm-hmm. So that that, that kind of piqued my interest. So I looked into it a little bit deeper and realized, man, you know, IT is something that I can really get into. I, I like computers, but what really sold me on IT was just the analytical part of IT. So in football, 
in my position, whether it was receiver or quarterback, I had to be very analytical, right? Within a few moments, within a few seconds. Uh, and, and again, I, this is where I can really jump off and get super technical when it comes to football. But a good example of that is if I'm playing quarterback, I'll call the play and a huddle. I'm always the last one to the line of scrimmage. As I'm walking to the line of scrimmage, I'm looking at the defense, trying to pick the holes in the defense. Okay, how's where's the safeties at? Is the safeties cheating over to the right? Are they cheating over to the left? Are they even? Is one uh, closer to the line of scrimmage than the other one? What is my what's the cornerbacks doing? The feedback? Mm-hmm. Are they playing my receivers with their back to me? or with their chest open to me, or are they playing head up? You know, what's the linebackers doing? Is the linebackers seven yards back than opposed to a few plays ago that was five yards back? What is their feet doing? Is their feet even or, is there, or are they staggered? You know, am I still going to throw it to my number one guy or am I going to move over and throw it to my number two guy? You know what I'm saying? It, so it's, it's super analytical for me in those positions, quarterback and receiver. So finding IT and doing IT, it was like I've never left home. You know, I I was still as analytical in IT as I was in football. While I'm working on a IT issue, I might be thinking of two or three other issues in the back of my mind and what I could do to try to solve this problem. So maybe about, and that's, that's pretty much how I got into IT. And I would say about five years in IT, I decided to sort of jump off and open up my own company. And I started a company, as you mentioned, called Network Technical Solution. And I was a managed services provider, which is just a fancy way of saying that you're going to pay me every month to make sure that things don't work, right? Yeah. Um, and we, we focused on, on infrastructure. So infrastructure being, you know, obviously, you know, the computers that you give out to your new people, but not only that, your Wi-Fi, your network, making sure you have some security, setting up servers, making sure that you are able to, to have backups, having a, what's called a disaster recovery plan. You know, if your building was to catch on fire, what are you going to do to make sure that you're still able to work? You know, things of that nature. And that's pretty much how Network Technical Solutions came about. That's dope, bro. So, like, um, what was, um, what what was the, um, oh, yeah, tell me about the, um, the Focus um, Hope Career Center. Um, it was that where initially got you into IT or how did that help you in along the way? Yeah, so so Focus Hope is is pretty well known around the city of Detroit. Focus Hope is one of those food pantry type places, but they also give career um, uh, teach career it's like a career school where okay. you can learn IT and obviously because this is the more city, we have a lot of factories here. You can learn, uh, you can become a skilled machine uh, uh, machinist. And instead of me going to the factories and, you know, being 
in that type of stuff, I decided to do IT. So that's where I really learned how to do IT. And, you know, I went there for free because of where I stayed. And, you know, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. They had me more prepared for the field than my, than the school that I went to go get my associate's degree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When when I went to go get my associate's degree, it was just a breeze because I've I've, I've learned everything I needed to learn from Focus Hope. Right, right. That's what's up, bro. Like, cause I I know I went to school for um for engineering. Um, I went to community college as well. To um, and I studied um mechanical engineering. And um, I went to a trade school um in New Prince, Virginia called the Apprentice School. And, you know, basically, um, you know, you, you start off at a trade and then you go to school and you work for four years and you get your little, you know, degree or whatever. And now I have an office job where I, um, you know, where I do production planning for the submarine program at my at Newport News um, shipyard. So, um, you know, as far as like I haven't I never studied IT, but as far as, you know, you know, IT engineering kind of can kind of relate in some type of way. And, um, yeah. you know, having a skill like that is very, very, very important, you know, because, you know, the world we live in now, you're going to need, you know, IT people. You're going to still you will need engineers, people that know how to solve problems. You know what I mean? So, right. and, and, that's, and that's amazing, man, because as far as, you know, it seems like us as black people, you know, it seems like, some of us might think the only way we can make it is if we make it pro, you know, if we go to the NFL or the NBA or if we, if we become a singer or a rapper, you know, actor or whatever, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, we kind of don't, I don't say we don't push those things as far as going to school and picking up a, a trade or, or a skill like that. But, you know, I feel like it should be more recognized and praised more in regards to just, you know, make it in the music or make it in sports. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. and you yeah. know, and it, it seems like, you know, like you could have looked at it as, you know, you playing arena football and playing in the CFL, um, you know, you, you probably didn't have a longer career like you might maybe wanted to, but it's always other opportunity. And that story or the way of what you went through led you to what you're doing now. You know what I'm saying? You just never know where you're going to end up, you know? Um, and you just got to keep staying with it, you know, wherever you want to do and how you wanted to play football and you went and tried out, you did that. And how you was interested in, in IT, you went ahead and did that. Now you have your own business. You know what I'm saying? It's just, life is just a beautiful struggle, man. We just never know where we might end up, you know, but it's just, it's just awesome to hearing, you know, different people's stories, man, and, and where they are now, man. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, another question I do have about IT, I have a couple of homeboys that do, um, they went to school for that type of thing. And now they have jobs doing that, that same thing as well. Um, and they always talk about, you know, having your certifications. Um, is that something that you have to do as well? Like you got to have certain certifications to do certain things. And how, how does that work? So <clears throat> it, <laughs> So there's a few ways of sort of breaking into the IT field. Yeah, one of them is certifications, and then the other one is, of course, getting a degree. Right. Um, so 
I, I can't really tell you which one is better. I've, I've came across people who never got a degree but got the uh, got the certifications, and they they knew their stuff. But I came across some people who got their certifications and didn't know their stuff. You know what I mean? They what we like to call paper certified. They just study for the test. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you could at least with college, with some type, with with your degree, you you have some experience in doing. IT, you know what I mean? Whether it was for a project or or what have you, you know what I mean? Uh, focus Hope was so valuable to, to to me and my IT career that when I left, I had maybe three or four certifications. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. That, yeah. that just 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 getting out the door, I had about three or four certifications. Uh, me getting the degree was Sort of just a, sort of just a, a bet that I have with my with my twin brother and my younger sister on on who was going to get their degree first. Mm-hmm. And I was the one that got my degree first, but my, my younger sister went and got her master's. So yeah, she she kind of beat me on that front. It's all good though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, man. That, that's that's amazing. Um, so. So I know, um, you know, you say you have two of your businesses and, um, you know, this COVID-19 has really affected businesses around the world. Um, so how has your business able, you know, to maintain during this COVID-19 pandemic? Um, what have you been able to do to kind of still keep your business um, afloat? Well, I'll tell you this. With this recent pandemic, it has kept me busy. Um, of course, because I, I'm in IT, a lot of my clients is working from home now. So now I have to go and, and everything I used to do at their office, I had to make sure that they're able to do the same thing at home. So, you know, if, if, if they had just a regular internet, you know, that's fine. But I was, I had strongly against, I had, strongly recommended them to spring for the business class internet service. So in that way, anything happens, the internet service people have to come out and service their internet. You understand? Right. Because it is a business and whatnot. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to lie. A lot of my, since, since this whole COVID-19 thing happened, I haven't been on top of my on top of my website or anything like that, and yeah, I know people are looking for me and just not able to get in touch with me because of everything that's been going on. Right. But I will say that yeah, right now I am available through email, or you can always DM me on uh, social media and all that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much how things been going with the tech business. With the media company, I solely started the media company i started the podcast the genesis the genesis project podcast to get more clients into my tech business and i'm having so much fun with that man that's that's also another reason why uh, some of the things in my tech business been kind of sliding which i'm gonna have to step up a little bit Mm -hmm. but that was the reason why i started the podcast you know and, and much like yourself you know talking about business and, and entrepreneurship and things of that nature. 
you know, mine is, is focused on that person that I was back when I was super hungry and, and getting robbed twice and, and having a family member die dying before I went to Texas to try out for the CFL team. That person who who everybody said, nah, that idea is stupid. You shouldn't do that. You know, and what happened, you know, that's what my podcast is specifically for. For people who who have these ideas to start a business and may not necessarily know how to start the business. This is again your genesis moment, you know, and that, that, that's kind of where the, the media company came in at. Once I started the media company, I started the podcast and I put the podcast inside the media company. Got you. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's great, man. And I know, and I kind of, I can relate to that because, you know, my, my podcast is a spinoff of, of my clothing line. Um, It's called Capture the World. And um, mm-hmm. it's basically, a you know, a streetwear brand. Um, it was originally started by my father and now I'm kind of, um, you know, running it and taking it over. And, you know, the meaning behind it is, you know, of course it means, you know, we all want to capture the world, but it's directly geared towards, you know, millennials and generation, um, Z, um, people. And, you know, it's all about the creatives, which means, you know, everybody has a talent. Everybody is creative in some way. And, um, it's all about them, you know, and whatever you want to do in life, man, just follow your dreams and your goal and never stop being creative. You know what I mean? We all trying to capture the world. It. No doubt, man. And um, I love it. Yeah, bro. I appreciate that. And um, in this, your whole story, man, represents, you know, it represents what my podcast is about. And my brand is this, you know, you, you, you saw things that you wanted to do and you went ahead and did it. You know, maybe the outcome maybe wasn't exactly how you pictured it, but one thing led to another. And, it's, you know, it seems like that you're happy in what you're doing. And that's all that matters. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You, yeah. You know, never stop giving up, you know. And whatever you see, if you see something and you know, like, I mean, I believe I can do that. Go ahead and do it. You know, don't let nobody stop you from doing it. You know, because it's one thing about people that. A lot of people talk about a lot of things, but you never see results, you know, and you see people that talk about it and they do it, you know, and sometimes yeah. it might not exactly happen how you picture it, but you try it, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. all that matters, you know? So, and, um, and it's the reason I started this podcast, I mean, you know, was to get more people to know about my clothing line, but overall that's to talk to people and to get to know people around the world, you know what I mean? Like you from Detroit, I'm from Virginia. You know, it's like <laughs> we just being 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 able to connect with other people and hear their stories and, you know, share our different viewpoints. And, you know, we, we might see similarities in what we do. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. so, yeah, man, I, I'm just really appreciative to be able to talk to you today, man. Um, man, I, I appreciate you for for having me on the show. And, and let, me, let me say let me say one other thing, you know, the the. My tagline for the podcast is School of Hard Knocks. And as you can tell from my story, man, <laughs> I, I, I got a lot of hard knocks. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. And the, I, I came up with the name, the Genesis Project Podcast, because, you know, we, again, by no means is my podcast a religious podcast, but we all have this understanding fact that Genesis, 
it's the first book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And again, like like I kept mentioning, uh, like I mentioned a few times already, the that Genesis moment. You know what I mean? Those are the beginning steps. You you at this fork in the road, and you see, you know, what your life could be, and that's your beginning steps. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I believe that we all have these big audacious goals, which is awesome. But I feel that we we look at our goals as if it's like a Goliath. Right. And the reason why I named the project is because I believe that if we change our perspective just a tad bit from it being just this huge audacious goal to maybe just a weekend project, you know, when you look at a weekend project, you think, oh, okay, I could do this within a weekend, maybe, you know, a day or two after the weekend. That's all good. If we look at our big goals as if it was just a project, you know, it don't seem as humongous anymore. You know what I mean? Right. And that's literally just how the name, the Genesis Project Podcast came to be. And that's the meaning behind the Genesis Project Podcast. It's, again, it's the school to hard knocks. You know, I'm not for, I'm not bashing anybody who, who went the traditional route to, to reach their success. But again, from my story, you can tell I went the most untraditional route to get into where I am, you mm-hmm. know? And this podcast, my podcast, the Genesis Project podcast, is for those who who rather just, just learn from other people. You know, they say that success leaves clues. And what we do on my podcast is we search out those clues. And then once we find those clues within the principle these successful principles of, of the guests that I bring onto the show, you learn how to start your business. You learn how to run your business. You learn how to uh, potentially position your business or pivot from whatever you're doing to do something else. It helps you to learn from other people's mistakes, man. You know, and again, and that, that's, that's literally my whole life story, just learning from other people's mistakes, take it and put my own little spin on it, and then present it to the world. No doubt, man. Amen, bro. And like I said, I'm glad that you're able to do that, man. Um, kudos to you. And I'm glad you just, you know, you're doing what you think you set out to do, bro. And uh, I just wish you much success. And, you know, right now and in the future, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, this COVID-19 is really challenging a lot of businesses, but we all going to make it through it. And we all going to be blessed, bro, my brother. Um but yeah, like one more thing, two more things before we wrap it up, man. Um, you know, what advice do you have to someone that wants to start a business? Um, if it's like one or two things you can say, what would you say to them? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like you said that because the other day I, I was creating memes. I didn't know there was an online meme generator. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> And I, so I, I was creating means for to create content to kind of post for the podcast, my podcast, whatnot. And one of the means was that SpongeBob meme, uh, you know, where he's kind of getting out of the chair and underneath it says, "All right, I'm heading out." Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, I, I've created a meme that said, "When people start giving you advice about business who never started a business." Man, let me tell you. <laughs> SpongeBob is me. <laughs> and on out. You know, 
<laughs> right. Um, I, I say that because, you know, everybody's advice is free. Everybody got their own two cents to put in, but it's completely up to you whether or not you're going to pick up those two cents or just leave it there. Everybody who's giving advice on your business and how you should run your business or even start your business, whatever, you know, just, just take it with a grain of salt. You know, you have to, you have to keep in mind where they are coming from. You know, uh, one of my favorite books was, uh, I believe it was said in uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. You know, if you wanted to get advice on bacon, you go to a baker, right? On baked goods, you on how to make a cake, you go to a baker. If you wanted advice on jewelry, on diamonds and things of that nature, you go to a jeweler. You won't go to a jeweler and ask them, hey, how do I bake this cake? You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> you won't go to to a baker and say, hey, how do I know if this diamond is, is princess cup? You know what I'm saying? So all that to say that whoever you, you're getting your advice from, make sure that that advice is coming from a valid place. Somebody who has a business or started a business or who is in a much better place in their business than you are. Um, the second thing I would say is find you a mentor. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be somebody that you call and, and just talk to for hours. It can be somebody that you, you know, become a, a mentee of just from afar. You know, uh, we're all, well, if you ain't business, you you more than likely heard of a fella named Russell Brand. He yep. came up with ClickFunnels. Yeah. He he became, I just listened to another podcast yesterday, and the fella that was on his that was on this particular podcast said that uh, he was his mentor in a sense that helped him to grow, that helped him to be successful. And this is before the whole click funnel phase. You know, he was still trying to get people to understand what a click funnel was, right? Um, find you a mentor, whether it's in books or again, podcasts or something. If you're blessed enough to find somebody who's able to give you that one-on-one -on -one mentorship, man, take it. You know, because again, the whole name of the game is learning from other people's mistakes. No doubt, bro. Like, definitely agree with that. Definitely got to look up to somebody that can help us in some way. And, um, you know, you can't be afraid to make mistakes, man. And if you can, you know, find out what the mistakes are from someone else before you can get into it, and, you know, that can help you out a little bit more. And that's not to say that you're not going to make mistakes yourself, but, you know, the more um, advice you get from someone that's in your, exactly in your field, the better. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, and if you're afraid, it's it's okay to be afraid. You know, listen, I'm 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 a slim dude, slimmer dude now, but I'm a slim dude, and I probably had no business playing football whatsoever. I probably <laughs> should have just stuck the track and played basketball. However, I I what I've learned from sports has been so valuable to my life right now, or or just in general, it's just amazing. In football. You have, there's a hole that I can run into, or I could just run to the sideline. Sure enough, I could run to the sideline, but 
where would that put my team at? Right. In my mind, my football team, my team need these yards. I have to run through this hole. Now, there might be a linebacker on the other side of this hole whose job is to knock my head off. And that's his job. That's cool. I get it. I don't necessarily want to get hit, but for my team and the effort to move my team forward, I'm going to run through that hole full tilt. You can't have ass when you, when you do this. You know what I mean? Because just like in business, you you go half ass in, into that hole, that linebacker will knock your head off. Mm-hmm. You know? Even if that linebacker is there and you're going full tilt, you might win that battle. You might not win that battle. But at least you grab a few yards. And then again, that linebacker might not be there. You just don't know. You might be able to break away and get 20 yards or even score. You know, all I have to say that with fear, it's okay for you to acknowledge it, but it's not okay for you to allow it to run your life or you to keep it from allowing you to do what it is you're supposed to be doing. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, yeah, bro, that's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, like like I said, man, I appreciate you coming out here, man. Um, and definitely, we definitely got to stay in touch, man. Um, definitely got to exchange, you know, contact information and everything. You know, follow each other on social media as well, man. And um, and mentioning social media, um, where can everybody find you on social media? You know, your website and everything. Where can they find you? All right. So, um, for Network Technical Solutions, again, my my website is down. I've kind of been neglecting that. So, if you looking for some some technical advice or just just somebody who can look out for you on an IT form. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm tech strategies guy on all of them. Uh, and for the podcast, for the Genesis Project podcast, you can find me again on all forms, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Genesis Project Podcast. Or you can go to my website for the podcast. It is genesisprojectpodcast.com. And just so that you know, if you are looking to learn more about business and, and things of that nature, I do have some online courses coming out called The School of Hard Map. It will be out. It will be available, let's say, around June, late June. Um, the first class is going to be completely free, which is how to start a business. And I'm going to be launching two more classes, how to market your business and how to create systems and processes for your business. I haven't quite worked out the price for those two courses, but I promise you, if you come to the Genesis Project podcast.com website, you'll find more information. No doubt, man. No doubt. And to all our listeners, man, you know, if you need any any of the services that he provides, make sure you check him out, man. Um, and this is my last question that I ask all of my guests, bro. Um, how do you plan to capture the world? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Well, because I can't really sing or obviously I didn't hack it too much as, as a pro athlete. The only way I could capture the world is by continuing to give out more value to everybody I come across. 
me giving your audience value, me giving you value, you know what I'm saying? Uh, me continuing on my mission to help people to get over their fears of starting businesses and running their businesses in a successful manner, whether it's, again, through the IT world or just with processes and systems and marketing and things of that nature, man, uh, through the podcast. That's exactly how I'm trying to capture the world. No doubt, man, no doubt. Like I said before, man, um, thank you for being a part of this podcast. We definitely got to stay in touch, bro. And um, just, you know, much, much success to what you got going on in your business. And um, that's praying for great things to come, man. Um, Bernard Gleason, um, you know, like I said, just keep doing your thing, man. And, um, you know, definitely keep going forward. Never give up, bro. I appreciate the opportunity to come on to your show, man. I appreciate it. I hope that uh, I can give you as much more as I got. You know what I'm saying? Please keep in touch. No doubt, man. Um, and this is David Carmichael II. And this is episode 38 of the Caption of World podcast. Um, like I said, thanks to all of our Spotify listeners, all of our Apple podcast listeners. Um, to all of our listeners, let's keep spreading the word of the show. If you're able to leave a review on... Um, Apple Podcast, you know, give us a rating of five stars and leave us a rating. Um, and to spread the word, man, I definitely appreciate it. And um, Bernard, we definitely stay in touch, bro. You have a good one. All right. Check everybody later. Peace.